This is episode 33, Why the Girl Scouts Matter. Welcome to Why Blank Matters, where we explore why small topics have big impacts. I'm your host, Amber Williams. And I'm your host, Kendra Clark. Do you know what the problem is with Girl Scout cookies? What's that? The problem with Girl Scout cookies is no matter how many I eat, I always want Samoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our jokes just get worse and worse every week. <laughs> uh. So today we are talking about Girl Scouts because uh, tomorrow is National Girl Scout Day because the Girl Scout started on March 12, 1912. So in two years, the Girl Scouts will be 100 years old, which is kind of crazy. Were you, in a, were, you, were you a Girl Scout, Amber? I was not. You are not? I was. Um, I was probably like, I don't even know what grade I started in, but I was... In Girl Scouts in Alabama, and then we moved to Tennessee when I was in the fourth grade. Okay. And I transferred to a troop up there. And so I was in Girl Scout until we moved back from Tennessee, and that was fifth grade, I think. Okay. So I was a Girl Scout for a good little bit. So Boy Scouts have the opportunity to, like, earn Eagle Scout, and that's a pretty prominent thing. Do the Girl Scouts have something similar? Yeah, so Girl Scouts have, like, ranks as well, but it's, it's all based on, like, their school grade. So you have daisies, brownies, juniors cadets seniors and ambassadors ah okay and daisies must have been inspired by juliet loving juliet gordon low because she was commonly referred to as daisy yes i imagine that's where it came from <laughs> um and the girl scouts are like a pretty popular thing they're currently roughly well depending on where you get the numbers from some say 2.5 million girl scouts and some say 3.2 which is Kind of a pretty big gap. Okay. <laughs> um, but there are supposedly 59 million American women alive today who participate in the Girl Scouts. That's awesome. So I don't know what percentage. I don't know how many women there are, like, in general. I didn't look that up. <laughs> um, and there are also Girl Scout troops in 90 countries because they have a U.S. Girl Scouts overseas so it's targeted mostly for Americans who are living abroad, specific, especially military families. And I like I love their like little like Girl Scout law. I I don't remember saying it. Like I know I did. Okay. But um, it says I will do my best to be honest and fair, friendly and f- helpful, considerate and caring, courageous and strong, and responsible for what I say and do, and to respect myself and others, respect authority, use resources wisely. Make the world a better place and be a sister to every Girl Scout. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think it's a pretty good philosophy to live by. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of, like, when you look at f- different people in the entertainment industry or even uh, politics, a lot of them were Girl Scouts. Really? Um, so you have Lucille Ball, which. We mostly think of her as, like, being this really just, like, funny, goofy person. But she was actually one of the first women executives to run a major TV state studio. Ah. Um, so she was more than just a funny face, I guess. Debbie Reynolds was a Girl Scout. Mm-hmm. Macy J- Jemison, who was an astronaut. Sandra Day O'Connor, our first female Supreme oh. Court justice. Um, you have Susan... I can't... Wash... 
Magic. I, I feel really bad for not being able to try. But she's the CEO of YouTube. Sally Ride was a astronaut. She was an, a physicist and, or she, she, of course she was an astronaut. She was a Girl Scout, <laughs> but she was an astronaut and a physicist. Um, one of my favorites, Celine Dion. Ah. Um, you have Venus Williams. Okay. Condoleezza Rice. Oh, uh, Condoleezza Rice. Nancy Reagan. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Okay. So you have, like, I tried to make sure I pick people from like both, both sides, sides of the fence. <laughs> um, and when it comes to the history of Girl Scouts, the Girl Scouts started right here in Savannah, Georgia, Savannah, where we Georgia. are. Uh, if you come, you can go to the Juliet Gordon Lowe house. Yeah, the birthplace. Yes. And um, March 12th for National Girl Scout Day. I imagine there will be like a billion Girl Scouts running all over town. <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse. Seems to be the, the case. You know, and it's appropriate because, especially if they have the green vest, because St. Patrick's Day is the next week, um, which is also a big thing in Savannah, for better or worse. (laughs) Right, right. Um, But yeah, so Juliet Gordon-Lowe was the person who started the Girl Scouts. And she grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Then they moved east after her father joined the Confederate Army, uh, east a little bit more towards the islands, that is, um, because they were worried about the Union Army. And she was commonly referred to as Daisy. And she actually, even as a child, she started a group called the Helpful Hand Club, or Helpful Hand Club with her cousin. And they learned how to sew and would try to make clothes for the children of Italian immigrants in town. Mm -hmm. In 1911... She was in England, and she met Sir Robert Baden, who was the founder, or Baden-Powell, I'm sorry, who was the founder of the Boy Scouts. And I think it was created the same year. Wait, was it created the same year? No. No, okay. One year later. Yeah, because she was kind of inspired by the Boy Scouts, and her and Robert Baden-Powell became really good friends. She announced she's got some, or I've got something for the girls of Savannah and all of America and all the world, and we're going to start it tonight. Yes. And so on March 12th, they held the very first Girl Scout meeting in her home, pretty much. And there were 18 girls total in attendance, which is a lot lower than 2.3 million today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they were originally the Girl Guides of America because... The England version is called Girl Girl Guides. But there was like some different conflicts because there was like somebody who'd already started a Girl Guide group and they didn't want her using the name. It became a big thing. And so in 1913, she changed the name to Girl Scouts. Uh-huh. And the main thing was she wanted girls to realize that there was a life outside what they were, what was kind of considered the traditional duties of being a woman during the time. So even from the very beginning, they were doing camping trips and learning about first aid and astronomy um, and studying foreign language. And she encouraged them to learn about math and science. So a lot of things that were not um, traditionally like feminine things to do. Right, right. And she wanted to create a generation of women who wouldn't have to rely on others, which makes sense because looking at her history, um, her husband cheated on her like ran off with another woman but this is like during the times when like divorce isn't something you do right right and so she basically would have to like 
not beg him to give her money, but like fight for him to give her the money she was owed to be able to pay rent and things like that. And so not wanting to rely on other, it makes sense that she would want to help others know how to do that. And of course, when we think of Girl Scouts, we think of Girl Scout cookies. Uh, the first Girl Scout cookies were sold in 1917. Ah. It was started by the Mistletoe Girl Scout Troop of Muskegee, Oklahoma. They baked cookies and sold them as a fundraiser. And other troops started following their lead. And so by 1935, the troops began selling commercial Girl Scout cookies. Uh, so it just started off with the bake sale and turned into ah. what it is today. <laughs> and they really made sure to make themselves a part of history. So in the 1930s, during the Great Depression, they helped collect clothing and canned goods. They made quilts. Um, they provided meals for impoverished children and helped to hospitals. And they also made sure during that time, because um, if you listen to our Prohibition episode, you know there was an influx of immigrants, particularly from Eastern Europe. And so they made sure to publish all the materials they had in Yiddish and Italian and Polish yes. because they wanted to make sure it was available for all these people who were now here. You know, um, to be inclusive. Be inclusive, yes. And um, they also, in the 1930s, began publishing resources in Braille. Because uh, the idea was they wanted to make sure that no girl would ever feel left out. And That's part of awesome. that is because Juliet Gordon Lowe um, actually became deaf later in life because of an accident. Not that she would need Braille, but just, you know, having some sort of disability, being able to relate to others. Right, right. Um, I think she actually had a series of ear problems growing up. Yeah, several ear injuries resulting in almost total hearing loss and affected her for the remainder of her life. So it was both as a child and an adult. When it comes to inclusivity, they had their first African-American or troop for African-American girls in 1917, which is a big deal because the Boy Scouts didn't allow African-Americans into troops until 1974. Wow. <laughs> That's well after the Civil Rights Act. Yes. That's crazy. And um, 1921, they had their first American Indian troop, 1922, first Mexican-American troop, um, 1932, their first African-American troop in the South, which being from the South, that's like a, that's a big deal. Um, and in the 1950s, they really began pushing for desegregation, even before um, Brown versus Board of Education. The first group to desegregate was in 1956 in Kentucky. And Martin Luther King would even describe the Girl Scouts as a force for desegregation. That's awesome. Um, and uh, Ebony Magazine during that time stated that even in the South, the Scouts were making progress towards surmounting the racial barriers of the region. Wow. So it's pretty kind of crazy. Just make everything better. <laughs> Girls do make everything better. Um, and then in the 1960s, they held Speak Out conferences to start lending their voices towards the fight for racial equality. Um, and they launched what was called Action 70, the Action 70 Project, which was created to help overcome prejudice. And so they would work with different community leaders and try to figure out how to bring groups together. Mm -hmm. um, so they were doing things that were way ahead of their time, for sure. That's awesome. Um, and I forgot to mention, during World War II, they even had Girl Scout troops in the Japanese internment camps. Wow. Yeah. Even today, they've done things that have increased inclusivity, um, some of which have been kind of controversial. But 
in 2000, I think it was 11, uh, the a Colorado troop admitted the first transgender girl into the Girl Scouts. Really? Because um, they cited that anyone who identifies as a girl is welcome to join. And I remember when this happened because I remember it was like a big thing. What year was this? Wait, what? 2011. 2011, okay. Yeah. And then in 2015, there was a group in uh, Western Washington. And they actually refused a $100,000 donation because the donor stipulated that they couldn't use it to welcome any transgender girls. And so they turned down the money. (laughs) Uh, They also have groups that are for homeless girls. So there's Girl Scout Troop 6,000 in New York. And all the members are homeless. Which is sad that we have that many homeless girls to be able to form a troop. But unfortunately, that is the reality for some people. Wow. Um, but they also have regional representatives that have, that reach out to girls that live in shelters in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and California. Uh, they have Girl Scouts Beyond Bars, which provides resources for girls to stay connected with their incarcerated mothers. Um, troop 1500 in Austin, Texas actually organizes a trip once a month to see their mothers. And Different regional councils have a variety of ways to offer financial assistance to make sure that even if you don't have the money for dues and things like that, that they can help because they want to make sure that every girl has a chance to be a scout, which is pretty cool. Even when it comes to their staffing, uh, 30% of their senior management and 45% of their staff is underrepresented groups, and they define underrepresented as Either Asian Americans, African Americans, Native Americans, or Hispanic Americans. And their senior VP of Human Resources and Diversity said, We feel like it's important to look like America and that diversity has been very important since we've been founded in 1912. Now, that doesn't mean that some of these things haven't gone without their criticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, in 1953, after they began talking about desegregation, there were there was a libertarian businessman named Robert Lefeur. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Okay. And he attacked the Girl Scouts. He did not like them. Um, but he attacked them for being pro-United Nations and anti-American. And he cited their repeated use of the word world in their handbook for this, saying that they were promoting communism pretty much. <laughs> Oh, and also because they included the League of Women Voters as a resource, and they're, like, in, in the back part where it has, like, different resources. Right. Uh, because women voting is apparently communist. Um, <laughs> obviously, when they allowed a transgender girl into the group, there were people who talked of boycotting Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> um, that didn't last very long <laughs> uh, because they're addictive. Um and then there's some people who have, well, they, they both have said it's a positive thing, a negative thing, but they've talked about how the Girl Scouts have tried really hard to Americanize immigrants. Okay. Um, because especially you would have second generation immigrants whose parents came here, um, but they were born here and they would want to adapt to the culture and their family might want them to hold on to some of those traditional values. And a big part of the Girl Scouts is patriotism and being an American. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
there are some that feel like they kind of took some of that traditional history away from some of the immigrants to try to make them fit the mold of what American is. Okay. They've also had some controversy because they are associated with the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. Like, they're not the same thing, but they're, like, a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the Girl, or Girl Scouts USA has a neutral stance on sexuality and contraception and abortion, but it does allow individual councils or troops to take positions on those issues if all the parents consent to it. Right. But the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts acknowledges that it's an advocate for women's sexual and reproductive health and rights. And so because they're a part of that group, they've gotten a lot of uh, criticism as promoting abortion and things like that. Okay. Um, And in 1995, or 1990s, so part of the Girl Scout promise, it says, um, on my honor, I will try to serve God and my country and to help people at all times. And in the 1990s, they made saying God optional. So you could either swap it out for Allah Allah, or whatever it is you pray to or whatever you see as God. Right. Or you could just omit the word entirely. And some people didn't like that. So in 1995, there was a former Girl Scout troop leader who started the American Heritage Girls after the Girl Scouts or after the after the Girl Scouts made this decision, and it's kind of like a faith-based scouting. Okay. Um, I don't know that they've really done much. I wasn't in Girl Scouts, but our church had something similar to, like, the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, and it was called Caravan. So it was, like, with boys and girls. We earned patches. Like, we had vests. Okay. And then, like, we would have to do certain things to, like, earn patches. So, like, it feels kind of like that, but, like... I enjoyed it growing up, so I didn't have Girl Scouts, but I guess that's as close as I got. (laughs) That still sounds like a good thing, though. Yeah. And while Girl Scouts doesn't take a position on, like, controversial issues, uh, because they are a nonpartisan group, they encourage girls to lobby their representatives on issues that are important to either the individual scout or the individual troops. That's awesome. Um, so, for example, in February of 2018, there was a Girl Scout group in Colorado, and they argued successfully, might I add, for a city ordinance that would make it illegal to smoke or vape in a vehicle where a minor was present. Oh. Um, and basically, it was punishable by either a fine or community service. I thought you were going to say death. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping for death. No. We, uh, <laughs> we're, we believe in uh, a fair and just criminal justice system. Um, we don't kill people for smoking. <laughs> the smoking will do that for them. <laughs> punishable by death. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to that. Like, it's all right. I think that we've had so many episodes where it's like punishable by death, like mo- messing with birds and bird poop is punishable by death. Yes, you can listen to that in our episode about guano. <laughs> um, but in, like having girls help to lobby their representatives helps them to do one of the biggest things the Girl Scout troops do is build leadership skills. Okay. Um, so, 67% of female U.S. Senators are former Girl Scouts. Okay. 
52% of women in the House of Representatives, 75% of female governors, and almost every female astronaut who's ever flown in space has been a Girl Scout. That's awesome. Um, and there was an impact study, and they looked at a couple different things about Girl Scouts and focused a lot on leadership, but different aspects as well. Um, and they found that, one, Girl Scouts exhibit stronger leadership outcomes than non-Girl Scouts. So they're more likely to develop a strong sense of self, form healthy relationships, uh, display positive values. I don't know what positive values are, but um, <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> um, they're more likely to seek challenges as well as be a community problem solvers. Solvers. I have to say, um, I used to do several tours, like with my last um, assignment for the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, like separately. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, dealing with the Girl Scouts was so much better because the Boy Scouts were rambunctious. We'd be like, okay, like come walk in the straight line. This is a dangerous place like you can get hurt blah 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 and they would just do stupid things (laughs) and then the girl scouts would come in and they'd ask us a question and we would all be stumped by it like wow that's that's a really good question like always that was always the pattern with the boy scouts and the girl scouts it was like boy scouts i'm like (laughs) sorry any boy scouts out there but the study also found that Girl Scouts are more likely than non-Girl Scouts to participate in out-of-school time activities that engage them in active learning. Uh, They tend to do better in school and desire, more likely to desire to be in a career that is related to STEM, so science, tech. What does the E stand for? Um, Engineering. Engineering. Yeah. Science, (laughs) technology, engineering, and math. Uh, For those of you who don't remember because apparently I didn't. Um, <laughs> well, they're changing it now to, to have the A in there. So Steam. So they can have arts. Which are, I think arts is important. I think engineering and arts go together, or at least they should go together. Yeah, they do. I think they do. Um, so the study also found that Girl Scouts are more likely than non-Girl Scouts to have an adult in their life who helps them pursue goals and plan for the future. Uh, so I do wonder if some of these outcomes are because they have somebody in their life or maybe they do they only have somebody in their life because of the troop right I want more information about this particular point because obviously if you have an adult who's actively involved in your life and had well and also just like has the privilege to have that time and capability because there are a lot of people whose parents work multiple jobs and don't have other means of support so Yes, I, I, I want to dig in more on that, but I couldn't, I, I, I didn't find anything to kind of answer my questions on okay. that. Okay. Um, and they also found that Girl Scouts help support girls during their teen years, which can be very turbulent time. Being a teenage girl is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think being a teenager for anyone yeah. is terrible. I don't know. I'm sure it is. Too. I'm sure boys have it rough too, but I think girls <laughs> have it worse. But I'm not a boy, so I can't say that in for sure um but part of the reason that helps build leadership skills is because of girl scout cookies <laughs> so there's been some recent news about girl scout cookies what chrissy Teigen is like as of this morning that we're recording she is being villainized because she ranked all the girl scout cookies like favorite to least favorite and they were all so she had like three little faces a happy face uh, a medium face and 
and angry face. And they were all under the angry face. All the Girl Scout cookies? <laughs> all of them. And then she was like, then she did a second rating. And she was like, if there were no other cookies in the world, this is how I would rank these cookies. And then it was like frozen thin mint under like close to the happy face and then Samoa and then yeah well so there there is an article talking about how like Girl Scouts are marketing geniuses (laughs) because they said they create artificial scarcity because one you can only get them during a certain time of year right um but the the quote from the article it said Girl Scouts have been able to turn a mediocre line of cookies into a phenomenally successful all-around customer experience and how can you say no to a cute little girl that's trying to sell you stuff like that is I have to agree like the Girl Scout cookies are kind of like (laughs) mediocre but how can you say no when they're cute and adorable and yes well and the thing is it's important to remember the cookie program is not really about the cookies right um because it's really about all the life skills that girls gain from selling cookies. Because they're learning how to gracefully accept rejection. Because when somebody's like, no, I don't want your cookies. Leave me alone. <laughs> or just he walks by. I, I, I do the, like, just walks by and don't say anything. Like, I didn't hear you. Yeah. Because um, the last time I bought Girl Scout cookies, they sat in my cabinet and I didn't eat them. Uh, like, they're good, but they're like, meh. What's your favorite kind of Girl Scout cookie? Uh, my two favorites are Samoas and Treffles, the shortbread. Okay, I think I'd have to say. Them are good, but like I feel like they're not as good as they used to be. Yeah, I like Samoas. So. Like Samoas. Um, and then like the the lemon ones, the Savannah Smile ones, those went away and I liked those. That's because nobody likes lemon. <laughs> Except our friend Sarah. <laughs> um, I like lemon. Yeah. Um. But it also teaches girls how to deal with complaints. So, like, if somebody, like, I remember a couple years ago, it was a big deal because they went up on the price by, like, 50 cents or something. And people were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we raised the price. Um, And uh, they also learned how to, like, utilize their network and get out of their comfort zone. (laughs) Because, like, it's a competition between, like, you want to sell more Girl Scout cookies than your friend sells. Right, Right. So, it encourages you to, like, get out and, like do it so i don't know how this happens but this happens every year every year like every military base gets like shipments of like thousands of boxes or something like i don't know if it's just like parents are like yeah you're a really good salesman like i don't know how they come in but like military bases get tons of girl scout cookies and it's like who's paying for this is this like stuff that didn't sell or did somebody just want their kid to win I don't know. I'm, I bet I, if I had to imagine, I bet there's like some drives where you can like donate cookies to a military member or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. If I had to guess, I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, and there's a Kathy Coughlin, who's the senior executive VP at AT&T. And she said, these days, Girl Scouts are promoting technology, financial skills, business planning, and skills that we in corporate America are looking for. So we're teaching all these young girls all the skills they need to be successful in Get it, Girl Scouts. Get it. Um, I know, like, one of the biggest things to, like, talk about being competitive and being entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. was right after Colorado legalized marijuana, and there was the girl who set up the table outside the dispensary which you know that's not the whole stereotype is like people who smoke weed get the munchies um that's genius yeah because they do they do have rules that was was purely the parents choice 
Unless it was like an older Girl Scout or something. I don't know. It's brilliant though. Um, <laughs> but they, cause they do have rules about things you like, you can't sell, um, like it's, it's part of the rules. You can't sell it in front of a liquor store or a strip club or anything like uh, that. But, <laughs> but that wasn't written into the rules about a dispensary. That's because they didn't exist the year before. So probably. have they changed it? So I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. Okay. Um, but also, because I think even the dispensary made that like, like if you bought like X amount or you did like if you bought like a certain type of marijuana, then they would give you a box of girls. So they also kind of like jumped <laughs> in as well. Um, like one for one, buy one, get one Girl Scout edition. Yeah. I did find one article and basically they were trying to use Girl Scout cookies as a reason why we should end child labor laws. <laughs> Why we should end? Yeah. Child labor? Okay, what was the justification? Well, basically, they were just saying, these kids are smart, let them make their own money. And they said, don't pass laws, increase wealth. I'm like, yeah, except for children are just going to be exploited by corporations, because, yeah, that's what they do. (laughs) So, no. So, wait, what time of year do they sell Girl Scout cookies? The beginning. So, they're actually selling them right now. Okay, that makes sense. So, what you're saying is, is we need to avoid the Juliet Gordon-Lowe birthplace if we don't want to get the girl scout drug dealers girl scouts because they're in front of kroger and walmart like you you basically have to like just huddle up in your house and you probably work with somebody and they're like oh my daughter's a girl scout you want to buy some cookies or at my at my work in our like filing room Mm -hmm. like somebody just took the girl scout cookie order list and like hung it up so it's like just there so you can (laughs) fill it out so yeah they're everywhere it's an invasion <laughs> i remember having to do the salesy things for like school and like it was something different every year and it was stupid like it was just garbage but girl scout cookies are you know what to expect with them girl scout cookies are good they also i think it was like the world finest like chocolate bars i never sold them but i've definitely bought some and they're actually really good candy bars okay um they're good okay they have, they have like the caramel filled ones Okay. They're kind of like a Carmelo bar, but you're helping schools, so excuse to eat chocolate. Y'all go for it. <laughs> um, but Girl Scouts has also helped when it comes to leadership and when it comes to STEM. So we talked about how Girl Scouts are more likely to be interested in careers in STEM fields. And part of that's because they now have badges for all sorts of different things. They have badges for cybersecurity and space. That's cool. Um, and science and coding. Cybersecurity. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, they didn't have that when I was coming up. <laughs> um, and they even have a Think Like a Citizen sci- Scientist badge where the Girl Scouts observe and collect data and then they f- share their findings with real scientists. And ExxonMobil did a study. And they found that Girl Scouts value STEM literacy 17% more than their peers and 20 or 21% more likely to consider a career in STEM. Um, but interestingly, the first STEM-related badge was actually in 1916. Really? You know what it was? No. It was an electrician's badge. Okay. So, which I'm sure that's not something that girls were supposed to do in 1916. So, go Juliet Gordon-Lowe. Um, and I can't talk about the Girl Scouts without talking about this group. I discovered them a few years ago. I've been following them on Instagram for a while. And so they're not the Girl Scouts, but they're like the Girl Scouts. And they're called the Radical Monarchs. And they started in Oakland, California. 
And they're basically the social justice twist on Girl Scouts. So they're dedicated to helping young girls of color celebrate their identities and activate around social justice issues from LGBTQ to racial justice. And the founder, she really wanted to create a safe space, especially for girls of color, to have conversations and ask questions and feel empowered to make a difference. So they have a radical pride badge that they get for learning about gender and sexuality. Okay. They have a radical bodies badge. It's about learning self-defense and learning about consent. Okay. They have a radical roots badge, which is basically you get it if you... They can set up where you can meet a former member of the Black Panthers. Um, and, like, their vision was to empower young girls of color so that they stay rooted in their collective power, brilliance, and leadership in order to make the world a more radical place. Um, and I love anything social justice related. So I was, like, like encouraging girls to, I mean, have, because they, they have conversations about race and about things that are happening. We like to think kids are dumb. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not saying we. I'm not saying they are, but right, right. No, I agree with you. Um, but kids, uh, they they know all the things that are going on. They see the news. They see, you know, and if they're in, even out in the community, they see things that are going on. Right. Um, and so, giving kids a place where they feel comfortable and they can ask about, um, you know, when they see stuff about Harvey Weinstein. Uh, in his trial on the news and why is he on trial what did he do or they hear about police shootings like having a safe space where you can talk and explore and really kind of have a better understanding of that place I think always makes a better situation Mm -hmm. so I think that's all we have but if you've ever been a Girl Scout Call us. Tell us some of your stories. Tweet Our, us. Tweet us. Tweet us photos of you as Girl Scout. Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> Pictures of Girl Scouts. Um, I was going to say they could also call us and leave us a voicemail if you want. Leave a poll on our Instagram stories as to what your favorite Girl Scout cookie is. Unless Ooh, you're Chris girl. Teigen. Apparently, she hates all of them. Aww. <laughs> Um, but if you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, the number is 404-913-1931. We'd love to hear from you in any of our mediums. So if you want to tell us about your favorite Girl Scout cookie, you can find us on Instagram at Y underscore underscore matters. Or if you want to send us some pictures, you can send it on Facebook at Y blank matters. And we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.